If you got your Bibles, you can open up to Jonah with me. We're going to cap off this series in Jonah this morning, and then we're going to pick up on a new series um, starting next week, talking about courageous love, talking about what does it look like to love courageously. As a parent, how do you love your child courageously? What does the courage look like? All right? As a friend, what does it look like for me to love my friend courageously? What does that courage look like? What does it look like for me to love my spouse courageously? All right? And so we're going to start that series next week as we continue to answer uh, some questions that you have submitted. Okay, but we're going to cap uh, this series in Jonah that we've been looking at over this month, and we've been using this illustration on the whiteboard here of Jonah is wrapped up and consumed in his anger because he's sitting right here, and he's looking at the picture or the situation in front of him, and he doesn't like what the picture reveals, and he's then consumed in his anger, right? He doesn't like God's resolution and God's judgment. He doesn't like it. God tells Jonah, Jonah, go to Nineveh, preach this message, save these people. He doesn't want to go and deliver that message because he says, these are wicked people. These are evil people. They don't deserve to be saved. They don't know their right hand from their left hand. They're just wandering, and you want to save them. God, you should destroy them. I'm not going. And he's staring at that assignment. He's staring at that picture, and he gets angry. You heard Sharon telling the story. He gets swallowed up by a whale. He gets spit back out. He goes to Nineveh. He preaches the message. Then he goes outside the city and he sits on the hill and he waits to see what the city is going to do. He waits to see what is God going to do with these people. And he's angry the whole while. That's why you see him saying things like, I'd rather die than live. In this moment, I'm so angry, I'd rather die than live. You talk about the irrationality of anger. There it is right there. I'm so consumed in my anger. I don't like the picture that's in front of me. I don't like the judgment. I don't like the resolution. And we get fixated on what we don't like and we get angry. And then what happens is that then we get irrational. Anybody with me? You know that in your anger, what follows is some irrational behavior. You realize that, right? That's why when I tell my, my, my three-year-old daughter to do something that she doesn't like, do you know what the irrationality looks like when she gets angry at me? She goes to her room. She decides to take a number two on the floor. Irrational. And it's like, I'll show you, Dad. I'll show you. I'm going to go to the bedroom. I'm going to stand, and I'm just going to drop a two on the floor. And it's funny, right? It's funny, and we laugh at it. You know what? But the reality is for us as adults, too, we do the same goofy stuff. We don't like a situation. We don't like an outcome. We don't like the result, and we're angry, and we get fixated on it. And then we do irrational things, just like our kids do. And this may look different. You may have the modesty not to do two on the floor, but you do some irrational things. And I do some irrational things when we're angry. That's the reality. And it's silly. And that's the portrait of Jonah right here. He looks silly. He cares about this plant more than he does people. 
He has compassion for the plant. He doesn't have compassion for the people of God. God says, hey, Jonah, listen to me. I created these people. I formed these people. I know these people. And these people don't know the right hand from their left and they're wandering. How am I not to have mercy on them? How am I not to, uh, to open their eyes and show them life? How am I not to? Look at them, they're wandering. And they don't know any better, they're ignorant. How am I not going to show mercy on them and yet you want me to show mercy on this plant that's keeping you shade? Here's how far the irrational thought process of Jonah goes. If you look at the last verse, in the book of Jonah. If you look at the last verse there, it talks about the cattle. God's like, look at all the cattle in Nineveh. He's like, okay, take the people of Nineveh out. All right, Jonah, I'm gonna remove the people of Nineveh that are making you so angry. But let me show you how far your rationality's come. You have compassion for the plant and it dying, but what about the cows in Nineveh? If you don't want to have compassion for the people in Nineveh, will you have compassion for the cows like you have compassion for the plant? I mean, God never loses in the courtroom. Never loses. In our anger, irrationality, irrationality, that's probably not a word. Irrational behavior is what always follows, and this is where we see the story ending with Jonah. Here's the question I want to ask you, though, okay? Give me two minutes, and we'll be done, I promise. This is going to be it. But I want you to hear the question, because when you go over to the small gym, this is the question that if you so choose to have a conversation about, I want you to have a conversation about this question. And it's that this, is how are you going to define life? How are you going to define life when it doesn't go your way? How will you define existence when you don't like what it looks like? Because Jonah comes to this place where he goes, you know what, I don't like this picture, I don't like what this looks like. He goes, you know what, everything is meaningless now. I'd rather die. There's no meaning anymore. You guys ever been that place when you get angry about something, you just kind of throw your hands up, right? And you're like, ah, oh, what's the point? Or your kids go, like, my, my daughter goes, ah, oh, I want to die. I'm like, what, because you didn't get a cupcake? You want to die? This is Jonah. He didn't like the picture. And he's like, I'd rather die than live. This is meaningless. I'm done. I'm checked out, I'm numb, I'm not gonna engage no more. How will you define life when it doesn't go your way? Is there still meaning? Is there still a reason? Or like Jonah, are you gonna go, ah, it's better to die. It's better to die. If there still is meaning, what is that meaning? That's what you have to wrestle out. When it doesn't go your way, when you don't like the picture, what meaning exists still? Because that's what God's calling you to in the face of 
Whether it's your sin, your selfishness, somebody else's sin, and the picture's grim. That's what God's calling you to in that moment. Our students, the last place we'll end here, our students are reading through the book of Philippians right now. I want to show you something in Philippians chapter 1 to help you kind of begin to understand and think about, all right, what is the meaning? What is my meaning to existing? What is the purpose here? In Philippians chapter 1, Paul's in a grim situation where he's in prison, not on his own account, not because he did something wrong, but he's in prison, sitting there probably like, you know what? I could very easily not like the picture in front of me right now. Similar to Jonah. God, what is your resolution here? Why am I sitting here in this jail cell? And he says this in the face of that. This is why I ask you the question, how are you going to define life in the face of what's in front of you that you don't like? This is how Paul defines life in the face of adversity. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell, I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and for your joy. In the face of a picture that he doesn't like, that looks grim, he goes, the meaning to existing right now is the progress and joy of somebody else. That's how you get up off the stool and you back up. You don't like the picture in front of you. You don't like God's judgment. You don't like his resolution. Define existence. Define existence. Put a name to the meaning of why you're taking breath right now. And Paul said, for the progress and joy of somebody else, I'm still here. And he's honest. He says, I'd rather be with the Lord that's far better. But if I'm still here, that means that there's fruitful labor for me to do. And it means I'm here for your progress and for your joy. So I'm going to quit looking at the picture of me being in the prison cell. I'm going to start writing letters to you to encourage you. That's what he does. Because I'm here for your progress. I'm here for your joy. When you don't like the picture, let me give you this. The answer is not to disengage. The answer is not to isolate. The answer is not to shut down. The answer to the picture and the judgment that you don't like is to go, I live and breathe for the progress of somebody else. And that's going to keep me in the fight. That'll keep me engaged because it ain't about me. So when you go to lunch, 
I want you to have conversation about that question. How are you going to define existence in the face of what you're facing? Are you going to define it as I'm here for the progress of somebody else, for the joy of somebody else? Or are you going to define it how Jonah defines it and how my two-year-old and my three-year-old and my four-year-old define it? Life is meaningless. I'd rather die. Going to take a number two on the floor now. What else am I going to do? Situation's grim. I'm going to pray, and then we'll go over there, all right, and we can eat. Let's pray. God, thanks for this morning. Um, Thank you for the word. Uh, Thank you for your mercy. God, swallow us up if necessary. Spit us out and give us a new chance. That's your nature. That's your heart. So God, swallow us up. Swallow us up in your love. Amen.